0: Amen. Well, please take your Bibles and uh, turn to me at this time to the book of Psalms, Psalm 118. And although the text for our message is just verse 24, just a moment, we'll be reading verses 19 through 24, just to help set the uh, verse in its wider context. This is a great psalm, Psalm 118. This was, uh, this was Martin Luther's favorite psalm out of all the psalms in the Bible. And uh, we don't have time to look at the whole psalm. It's a pretty long psalm, uh, but I encourage you to sit down sometime, perhaps later today or in the week, and read through the whole psalm from beginning to end. Uh, It will be a blessing uh, to your soul. So we're in Psalm 119, and I'm just going to read verses 19 through 24 as we get started. Will you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is God's holy word. Let us pray. Well, Lord, as we spend uh, just a a brief time this morning meditating on the the precious truth found in this verse, uh, Lord, I pray that you not only set a course for our day and our week, but Lord, for our whole year, as we turn our focus to you, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, please be seated. Some people live stuck in the past. Others live dreaming about a better tomorrow. But God tells us to live in the present. And I cannot think of any better verse in the Bible that speaks to this than our text this morning Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The past, that's gone, folks. It's over. Can't go back to 2022. That future that you're either worrying about or dreaming about may never actually arrive, but we have today, don't we, right? We have right now, and we should receive every day joyfully as a gift from God. You've probably heard the following prayer before. Dear Lord, so far today, I'm doing all right. I have not gossiped, lost my temper, been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. However, in a few minutes, I will be getting out of bed. (laughs) And I will need a lot more help after that. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, that's a cute prayer to start your day with, right? But here's a better one. Just think how much better your day would be if you started it with Psalm 118, verse 24 on your lips. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, there's a way to start your day, right? And so I'll, we're going to look at this verse today, and I've just divided our message into three sections. There's an outline in your worship guide. If you'd like to take that out to follow along and jot down some notes as we go. First, we will look at an encouraging fact. Then we will look at our appropriate response. And then thirdly, we will look at the context that ties it all together. So we begin with an encouraging fact, and that fact is simply this. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know, I grew up singing this verse as a song. Maybe some of you did too. Maybe you know it. You know, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. How many of you have ever sung that? before? What a great, oh man, a lot of you. That's awesome. You know, I've got to tell you, that is such an encouraging song, isn't it? There's no way you can sing that song all the way through without being lifted up and encouraged. Why? Because it is such an encouraging fact. Today, this day was made by God. And that should be an amazing encouragement to you and to me. Now you might wonder, well, how do we know that God made this day, this day that I'm in right now? How do I know God made it? Well, there's a couple things you could look at. First of all, the Bible teaches us that God created all things. God created everything. Now, we know that God created all things in the beginning, right? Genesis 1-1, the very first verse in the Bible, tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But then we also know that on the seventh day, God finished his work of creating the world, and he rested. But you know what? That does not mean that God is not still actively involved in his creation. Listen to another psalm now, Psalm 104, and how this psalm describes God's relation to his world. I love these verses. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. And do you see how, how involved God is in his creation? See, when we try to reduce all that happens in creation, we, we try to reduce it all simply to science and natural processes, we lose sight of the fact that God is constantly at work in his creation. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. God created all things. And you know what? That includes today. He made today. And God not only created all things, the Bible tells us God also sustains all things. Colossians 1, verses 15 to 17. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So all things were created by Christ, and in Christ all things hold together. And that is why we can confidently proclaim that God not only created the world a long time ago but that God is directly involved in the world today. In other words, God didn't just create the world, wind it up, set things in motion, and then just leave it to operate on its own. No, God sustains his creation every day. Now, God is a God of wisdom and order. And, and so God created a world that runs according to natural laws, laws that we can discover and explore. But He also sustains the world He created by the power of His own being and Word. Know this: should God withdraw His sustaining power from the world, if He ever chose to do that, to withdraw His sustaining power from the world, The entire universe would come grinding to a halt. In him, all things hold together. So God created all things. God sustains all things. And thirdly, God reigns over all things. Psalm 93.1 says this, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and is armed with strength. The Lord reigns. That means he is ruler over all that he has made. And that is an encouraging fact, isn't it? Because you and I can sometimes lose control over the things we make. We make something somewhere along the way. We, we lose control. If things get away from us. We can make a real mess of it. But not God. What God makes, he reigns. He rules over He's ruler over all that he has made. And so that's our encouraging fact. This is the day that the Lord has made. And how do we know that? Because God created all things, God sustains all things, and God reigns over all things. What then should be our response to this? Well, that brings us to the second part of our message this morning. There is only one appropriate response to the fact that God is the one who made this day, and that is rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I mean, what other response could you possibly have? Try these ones on for size. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be sorrowful and sad. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be anxious and fearful. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us grumble and complain. No, let us rejoice and be glad in this day that God has made. I'm going to share with you three reasons now why rejoicing is the only appropriate response to the fact that God is the one who made this day. First of all, God is good. God is good. If you go back to the beginning of our Psalm, we're in Psalm 118. If you go back to the beginning, to verse 1, this is how the entire psalm starts out. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. And then if you go all the way to the end of the psalm, You see, that's also how it finishes out. Word for word, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. And so the whole psalm and everything in it is framed by the awesome truth that God is good. His love endures forever. God is good, therefore all that God makes is good. Right, we see this in the opening chapters of Genesis. Uh, What does the Bible say? God created the light and he saw that it was good. God created the sky and the dry land, and he saw that it was good. God created the birds, the fish, the land animals, human beings, and he saw that it was good. You now, when you go out to buy something in a store, uh, you put a lot of trust in the quality of the manufacturer. For example, in the electronics world, Uh, Companies like Sony and Bose and Denon put a a lot of time and money uh, uh, into having people associate their names with good quality workmanship. Sony wants consumers to look at a Sony product and say, Hey, that's a Sony. It's got to be good. I'll buy that one. Well, when it comes to name brand recognition... You cannot do any better than God, okay? When God makes something, you can trust the quality of the workmanship. And if you don't believe me, then just go outside. Take a walk along the ocean. Watch the sunrise. Get away from the city lights and look up into the night sky or hold a brand new baby in your arms, and then you tell me that God doesn't do good quality work. So God is good, and all that God makes is good, and if those things are true, then guess what? This day that God made is good, and that's the first reason we should rejoice in it. And then a second reason why we should rejoice in this day is because God is in control. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier, that God reigns over all things. God is in control. God made this day. God planned this day. And nothing can interfere with God's plans. David understood this when he wrote in Psalm 139, All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. There are no surprises with God. You don't have to worry about what is going to happen today because God already knows what is going to happen today. Instead, you can rejoice in today. Why? Because God is in control. One of the hardest seasons of my life was... uh, when our family moved from Massachusetts back to Florida uh, in 2009. And uh, we hadn't sold our home up in Massachusetts yet, but we needed to get the kids down uh, uh, to Florida before the start of the school year. So that August, I, I drove Rosie and the boys down to Florida, helped them get set up here in plantation. Joycey helped us with that. I'm sure you remember that. And, and then I had to fly back to Massachusetts to try and, and uh, finish selling our house. And uh, one of the hardest Days of my life were saying goodbye to Rosie at the airport and not knowing when I was going to see her and the boys again. I flew back to Massachusetts. I entered that big old empty house all alone. And I know this is kind of pathetic, but I, I literally howled like a dog. <laughs> Just, oh. Now, we only had one car in those days which I left down in Florida with Rosie and the boys. But I had a backup plan. I had a couple backup vehicles waiting for me when I got back to Massachusetts. So I went to get that first one, and it was in the garage for repairs. They said, be ready in a couple weeks. Okay, okay. So I said, no problem. We had that second vehicle waiting. Went to that person and said, hey, remember how you told me I could borrow that car? They said, well, you told me you had another one, and someone else needed it, so I let them borrow it. Okay, no problem, the church office was only four miles from the house, I, I can walk that in an hour, right, so now I'm walking back and forth to church with my briefcase uh, each day, uh, and you know, four miles turns out to be a lot longer than I thought, and yeah, uh, you know, one night I'm talking to Rosie and the boys about it over the phone, and Sam, okay, Sam, you, you know, kids can be so encouraging, and Sam says, wow, dad, you must feel like you're poor again, <laughs> yeah, thanks Sam, that's great but you know what, as I'm walking back and forth I'm talking to God about it the whole time just talking to God had a lot of time to talk to God and I, I, I remember talking to him one day and I said this, Lord, Lord you are humbling me right now you are humbling me and I know your word says that you humble the proud and so that means I must have gotten proud And I am so sorry. And Lord, I don't understand all that's going on right now, but I know that you are in control. And so I accept all of this as from your hand. And I ask that you teach me what you need to teach me through this. And you know what? God did teach me. God did humble me. He provided for us in amazing ways. He proved himself faithful. And we saw so many answers to prayer, God made it clear beyond any doubt that he was in control every step of the way. Why can we rejoice in this day that God has made even when today may not be going as we had hoped or planned? Because God is good and because God is in control and then a third reason you can rejoice in this day that God has made is because God cares for you. He cares for you. I love 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Isn't that beautiful? God is not only in control of the whole universe. I mean, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Control of the whole universe. But he also cares for you as an individual. He knows you. He loves you. He watches over you. His mercies are new every morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Why do you rejoice? Why are you glad in it? Because God is good. Because God is in control. And because God cares for you. So we've looked at an encouraging fact. From our verse this morning, this is the day that the Lord has made. We've looked at our appropriate response to that fact. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, finally, I would like us to look at the context that ties it all together. Now, so far this morning, we've been looking at a very general application of this verse. But the question does arise, could this verse also have a more specific meaning? When God inspired the psalmist to write these words, was God only talking about this day as in today, or did he also have a specific day in mind? And if you read the various commentaries in this verse, you'll find a a variety of interpretations on it. Some people say, "I, I, I think God's referring here to the Sabbath day. You know, the Sabbath, that's the specific day God made in which we should rejoice. Others say, no, this must refer to the day of Christ's exaltation. Others say it refers to the whole gospel age, that new day that arrived with Christ in the gospel. Well, what does the context tell us about this? Once again, we don't have time to look at the whole psalm this morning, but if we did, we would see this. We would see that Psalm 118 is the victory song of a warrior king who was almost defeated in battle, but the Lord delivered him from death and gave him victory over his enemies. That's the whole psalm in a nutshell. I'll say that to you again. Psalm 118 is the victory psalm of a warrior king who was almost defeated in battle, but the Lord delivered him from death and gave him victory over his enemies. Now, the Jews of Jesus' day recognized that this psalm was a, what we call a messianic psalm. In other words, a psalm which was prophetic of the Messiah who was to come. And you know what? You come to the New Testament, and the New Testament applies this psalm directly to Jesus. This psalm is quoted in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus is revealed as the true fulfillment of this psalm. He is the cornerstone who was rejected by men but exalted by God. Here's another interesting fact about this psalm. This is the psalm that Jesus and his disciples would have sung together at the end of the Lord's Supper right before they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, when you come to those words in the Gospels, you know it says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out. Understand, they they, they weren't singing, blessed be the tie that binds, like we usually do uh, after communion, when we share the Lord's Supper. No, they were singing, this is the day. This is the day as Jesus went out to the garden and the cross and the resurrection. So what does this day refer to in the full context of the psalm? Once again, we've been looking at a very general application of this verse, that God is the author of every day, and therefore we should receive every day joyfully as a gift from God. That is a very valid application and one that we are going to stand by this morning, but there's also a more specific interpretation of these words as well. Jesus Christ is the true warrior king who looked like he was going down in defeat at the cross. But then God delivered him. God raised him from the dead. God exalted him to the highest place in heaven. And it is because of what God did on that day that we may have confidence in this day. Christ is risen. Christ is exalted. Christ is victorious. And that is the real reason why we may rejoice in every day that God has made. The true context is found in Jesus. It's no wonder this was Martin Luther's favorite song. So here's my challenge to you this morning. It's January 1st. We're at the start of a new year. Will you commit to starting each day of this new year with Psalm 118, verse 24 on your lips? Will you wake up each morning and choose to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, before you say yes and take up that challenge and write it down so that you won't forget it, before you do that, uh, let me give you a warning up front. You're going to have some tough days this year, right? Some of you will face sickness. Some of you will have financial troubles. Some of you may lose a loved one. And for most of you, on the day the crisis hits, you will have no idea when you wake up that morning what God has in store for you that day. And so you might wonder, how am I supposed to start my morning rejoicing in this day that God has made when this day may hold tragedy for me? But you see, that only makes it even more important that you begin each day with this verse, with this truth in mind, because God is for you, not against you, and he has a purpose in all that happens in your life. As one of the old Puritan writers, Thomas Watson, once wrote, if it is good for us, we shall have it. If it is not good for us, then the withholding of it is good. I don't know what God has written in the book of your life for this new year of 2023, but I do know this. What is uncertain for us is not uncertain for God. So it all comes down to a matter of trust. Do you trust the character of God who created all things, who sustains all things, who reigns over all things? Do you believe that God is good, that God is in control, and that God cares for you? And most importantly of all do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and has exalted him as lord over all and if those things are true for you this morning then this verse this verse belongs to you and you can wake up every morning and start your day with these precious words upon your lips this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. This is the day the Lord has made. He calls the hours his own. Let heaven rejoice. Let earth be glad. And praise surround the throne. Dear Lord, we praise you this morning for you are good and you are God and you are in control and we can trust you with every aspect of our lives and even when our day is not going the way we planned doesn't mean it's not going the way you planned. And so Lord, help us to, uh, in faith every morning to recognize that you are the author of the day that we are stepping out into and that we will rejoice in it for you are God.